DJ Simulationistas, sup, with Dr. D, Dan Raymer, and Dr. J, Janice Palaganis, coming at you from the Center for Medical Simulation in Boston, Massachusetts. So buckle up your mannequin, and let's roll. Fantastic. I've been looking forward to this because I'm like a fan. <laughs> All right. Well, I should probably introduce us. Welcome to DJ Simulation East to Sup. You're here with my favorite people. Janice, start over. <laughs> no, you I'm need not starting to say, over. You need to say yourself. I know. But I just said my favorite people. I just said my favorite people, and then I'm going to say myself. Can, I can't do that. No, you got to say yourself first because it throws us off. Go ahead. Welcome to DJ Simulation is to Sup. You're here with Janice Palaganis and two of my favorite people. What's up, guys? Dan Raymer. Sup, Janice. And Robert Simon. I can't believe I'm going to say, what's up, Janice? <laughs> no, no, no. It's sup. Sup. Oh, sup. What's up? That's nice. better. All right, I'm going to get you a DJ hat now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uniform? Look at the boombox? Robert is the Senior Director for Educational Leadership and International Programs at the Center for Medical Simulation. And you have had more educational experience than all of the years of my life. <laughs> it's coming, it's crazy. It's coming on to nearly 50 years being an educator. <laughs> researcher trainer uh you know it's crazy and robert is probably my oldest and dearest friend at the center for medical simulation we go back no i don't know 20 some odd years and have worked together in all sorts of programs i can one-up that i'm gonna one-up that robert is like my ultimate mentor and my papa bear i call him my papa bear oh my I'm going to put an end to this, you guys. Um, so we're all, you know, have had, you know, years together. And I think I resemble Dan more than Janice for a whole variety of reasons. And one of them is that um, Dan and I are both sort of winding down our uh, careers that have been, you know, we've both been happy with it and have had so many really interesting opportunities. And a lot of them we've got to do together. Okay, now you're going to make me cry. And the thing I like, the, the, the thing I like the most not the thing I like the most, but you know something that I like is that for the longest time I had convinced Dan that he was older than me, <laughs> and he's not. And so. I was in the room when you told him he, oh. <laughs> he <Yeah>. wasn't. <laughs> so Robert is the awesome. trickiest <laughs> I know. <laughs> he, he did successfully convince me that he was older because he certainly has less hair than I do. And uh, <laughs> our listeners can't see that, but Robert has very little hair and I have too much hair. And, uh, the other thing that our listeners can't see that I want to talk with you about, Robert, is uh, your hands. And so I... They're have, beautiful. I have told you this, yes. And, yeah. and I think Robert has the most amazing 
set of hands on the planet. He has very large <laughs> and 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 very beautiful, I have to say, hands that he uses to communicate with. And mm-hmm. so such an interesting thing about Robert is that his wife and his daughter and son-in-law are all deaf. And so Robert is a fluent uh, sign language speaker. And even when he's teaching a, a class of people who uh, who, who have uh, full hearing, he he uses he uses his hands in a, in in magical ways to convey his enthusiasm. Yeah. So I've always wondered: are you are you conscious of that? Is it intentional? Like, where does that? How does that connect? I want to learn from you. I, I, you know, I'm not conscious of it. There was one time when you mentioned it to me, and that made me conscious of it. But I really don't think about it. Like I, I think that the, the sign language, for me anyway, it's very expressive. When I'm speaking in class, I often want to, I really want to make my points as clear as possible, and the signs somehow, it, sort of viscerally, help me do that. And the signs express, I think, I'm trying to say. I'm doing it now. Janice and I are sitting here just watching you say this, not listening to a word you're saying, but we're getting every piece of it because of your fantastic use of nonverbals. And and I just think that that's such a talent that we could all, you know, learn from because it does amplify what you're saying uh um you know yeah, by I, I, I know 10 that decibels that, that each that time really you know learned and thought about uh consequently is subtle messages we're sending if we're not a, aware of them we're still sending them and so some awareness of what our bodies are saying and uh con- you know in consonance with what we're trying to accomplish just really says a lot. Like, if you're not enthusiastic about what you're saying, it comes across. I, I, I wonder how learnable it is. Uh, my kids are constantly making fun of me. Yes, for, for every how picture. I hold my hands uh, most of the time. I, 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 I kind of uh, uh, hold my wrists or something in some weird way, and they're mm-hmm. always you know, mm-hmm. imitating me and and making fun of me. And it makes me think that I often send the opposite kind of message that you do. So your message is that you're into what you're saying, you're enthusiastic, it's passion for you. And maybe my message is um, I'm closed and bored and protected and you know something like that it's oh so you know so i i'm not so sure about that dan because i frequently see you and i do oh, the he does same that gesture. Too, yeah put your hands down uh uh-huh. and fold them below your waist it's a it's a very open uh stance uh-huh. well you know bringing uh-huh. this back to simulation i feel like when we run communication yeah. simulations so many times you have learners look at themselves and say oh i meant to come across as compassionate in that moment and the way i'm looking there just looks bored and so just bringing our conversation to um 
at least a related topic to stimulation. I think it's a really good point that you don't really know how your nonverbals are coming across. And it it's it's actually a, I um read a book by Matsumoto on um nonverbals. And it's not the way you um there there are different reactions that are culturally universal. It's the interpretation that has cultural factors. And so even though you might be standing a certain way, Dan, one person based on their cultural factors will interpret it as open. Another might interpret it as closed. And so it's just, an, it's an interesting topic. I think, it, I think it speaks to the need to watch yourself on video and watch yourself in the mirror and practice your talks and make sure that your body language is at least has a chance of saying something you know, good about what you're talking about. And, and inviting other people's perspective to make sure that your perspective is the same. So I want to change uh, change the subject, Robert, because because uh, uh, we we asked you on because we were talking between ourselves about the amazing relationship you have with our Spanish mm-hmm. affiliates in Santander, Spain, and so I I was just thinking back to a dinner that we had. Uh, many years ago, and we were walking out of Legal Seafood in Cambridge after having had a delightful dinner with our new colleagues from Spain. At the time, they couldn't speak English very well, and they had attended our uh, instructor course uh, several times. The first one. Yeah, this, but they came to the first and, one. and. And so I, I guess I always wondered, and I don't know why I never asked you, how you had the patience and perseverance and drive to kind of help them and bring them into the fold. There was something about the two of them that came and their curiosity and enthusiasm that was just so engaging to, you know, to me. It really engaged me. And despite the uh, language barrier, which wasn't too bad, but it was, you, you certainly, English has certainly improved over the years. So something clicked. So, you know, they were there at the class, and I thought that was, I thought that was great. And then a couple years later, they invited me to uh, give a talk in Santander, Spain, where they are. And um, so I gave a talk, was, you know, and they were, you know, they were very kind to me and generous and so forth. And I always think of myself, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm a teacher, you know, I, that, that's who I am. And, but when I was over there, they treated me like a prince. It was really, you know, it's just like, this is like some otherworldly experience. And right about that time, it was, it, uh, there was, uh, I was sitting around the table with, I don't know, half dozen of them at some dinner in Santander. They were like all long-faced because what had just happened was that there was another center in Spain that opened up like a 25 million euro center. Their, their thing was like, well, why don't we have that? Why do they have that? You know, so I've been around the Maypole and I know, you know, I have an idea how these things happen. I said, you know, well, that 25 million euro uh, education center, that did not just fall out of the sky. You know, someone really 
you know, worked at making that happen, building interest and coalitions and excitement and finding ways to fund it. And, you know, it's a whole big thing. And they said, oh, okay. And then two years later, they invited me back. And they invited the, what they call the president of Cantabria, but it's like a governor in our, in our vernacular. And I give a talk um, to the you know, healthcare minister and all these other, other folks. And I realized that they were having me help them build interest in Santander and doing something. And it was just so funny to me and fun for that matter. So, you know, that's how, that's how things started. I just, I have admired your relationship um, with that group. And I've always wondered, I, I love that we're talking about this. I've always wondered what the history was and how it's come to be so strong and the trust that is between you, it's like this, um, like a pro-romance. You like that, Dan? Like bromance? It's like a pro-romance? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a romance between programs. And I think this is important for our listeners because as we pioneer in the field, um, there are other centers that we're going to naturally help develop in developing the relationships. and. What we've learned from the Spanish group and what they've learned from us now is this, this really beautiful partnership. And if you can grow the people around you, it's just a wonderful thing to do. And so there, you've mentioned a few things like we just clicked. I would love to unpack that to figure out what is it that makes people click. And, um, and then you had talked about um, hospitality and visiting. Um, which I think is really nice too, and uh, moving agen- helping people move their agendas forward. So those are the three things I'm I'm extrapolating from from what you just said. I think one of the, one of the real breakthroughs that we had, and I know Dan and I learned this from Jeff Cooper. We don't want to compete with anybody. We want to help people. So competing in simulation doesn't make it. It just doesn't. There's so much to do. Nacho Ignacio Del Moral is the director of the simulation center in Santander. And by name, it's the uh, virtual hospital Valdathia. So Valdathia is the university hospital in Santander. And so Nacho came and did a fellowship for a year. Um, he lived not f- too far from me. Uh, frequently, we'd have an opportunity to, you know, we'd commute together frequently and, you know, that, you know, we'd get to talk and talk and talk and talk. And my wife and I, Di- Diane and I, because I live close and if Nacho has seven children. So we sort of became their American grandparents um, and, you know, got close to the family, even to this day still. And the kids are, you know, they're getting older, of course. But the idea of helping really resonated for Nacho. And I know that, you know, it's, it's the kind of thing we learned, you know, in the Harvard system and Nacho learned it in Spain. So this other center that had grown up long before HVV, don't compete with them, help them. And that was a new, I you know that was a new notion, and I think that's how, in many ways, CMS has gotten along, because yeah, we have to stay afloat, but we don't want to compete with people because we you know helping is what moves us forward. That's my thought. I want to follow up with a with an anecdote in Santander uh, um, because I went several times with you, Robert, right. and uh, and Janice mentioned trust. And uh, we've also talked about the importance of hospitality. 
And so one time when we were in Santander, Nacho Del Moral um, said, uh, we've arranged a trip to a cave. And we went to this incredible cave area they have near Santander uh, where the ice, the stalactite, Tights, stalagmites, stalagmites and stalactites. I remember it was called the Saplau. Yes, oh, right. Yeah. That's it's right. Spanish. Yeah. And and uh, and unique in the world, they grow upward. The ice grows well, down, it drips and, down then it, and then, and then it turns around and grows upward, making these chandelier-like. Um, stalactites. So I think a stalagmite. Well, I forget which is which. Stalag- Stalactites and stalagmites. One is up, one is down. One is up, one is down, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) These were hanging from the ceiling, growing down, but then turning upward. And, And so the trust thing was that they had arranged with the Ministry of the Interior or something like that to give us a special tour of the uh, cave, and so the public can go into the cave, and it's all roped off. And we get in there; we're all wearing those headlamps, and we get in there, and they take away the barrier, and they say, "Come along." And we walked for a mile into this little cave, where it was so pitch black. Oh. I mean, it was the definition of darkness. <sighs> And quiet. It's breathtaking. And it was a little bit frightening. And <laughs> we kind of had to trust afraid of the dark. Where they, where they were taking us. Yeah. Because it was creepy. And we got there and we got to the to, you know, as far as we were gonna go and I remember we decided to turn the lights off and try to take a photograph, mm. and which I still have and cherish because it was this great bonding moment. Mm. So I'm wondering if you have the same oh, kind I, of interpretation of that. Yeah, I very much remember that. And I don't remember exactly who was there. I, I know Nacho was there. I know you were there. and But there were, I think, two others and I don't remember who. Doesn't matter. So Nacho actually looks for these kinds of experiences where there's the per- personal and professional mix that it's just so easy to take. So he always has retreats. You know, every year he has he'll have two or three retreats uh, given you know different circumstances. So I think he really understands. He's taken some of his influencers on trips. Like he's brought the director general of the hospital and the healthcare minister and the chief surgeon and so forth to the U.S. together to uh, spend some time with us in uh, some other centers. And that trip has really been bonding for them. And he's used that, he's done that a few times. And it's fun and bonding things have really, you know, they make a difference, as as you're saying. I remember that moment and others with Nacho. He's amazing. I think it was that same trip. I know we talk about having, uh, holding people in high regard and the basic assumption and all that, and, and also to high standards. So I think it was that trip, Dan, where we met with the director general of the hospital, and he invited us to sign what they call the gold book. Yes, I remember. And 
This was uh, Jose Luis Bilbao, was the then director general of the hospital. And he, what is the gold book? Well, you know, we had no idea what we're getting yeah, into. what is the gold there. book? <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm guessing um, it's gold. Very important people who come to visit uh, <laughs> the university hospital are asked to sign the gold book. And as I mentioned a few minutes ago, I, I don't necessarily, I don't consider myself a very important person. So it was like, really? Me? And then... Uh, oh, you are gold, Robert. You're yeah. gold. Thank you, Janice. He described to me, he described to me, and it's really, even though he's, there's been directors since him in the, you know, leading the hospital, uh, he described to me that the university, the university hospital used to be a center of excellence and learning and was respected throughout Spain. And given certain economic uh, circumstances and whatnot, they didn't maintain that reputation to his satisfaction. And signing the gold book was showing his commitment to advancing themselves in the in the academic world. So the people who signed the gold book, they're like they're princes. I mean, honestly, they're really princes. They have them in Spain, and you know other <laughs> you know high level people. You're but, a prince, Robert. Yeah. You are a prince. Uh, uh, that's too funny. <laughs> I would. I think. You, would you mind telling my wife that? That I would like a king. That, you that are really a king. Help. Yeah, and okay, she is good. the queen. Yes. I will All definitely right. tell her that. So that struck me in our vernacular as high expectations. He really wanted to accomplish something and thought that we could help him. It's important to that to this day, I think, and the manifestations that they that you know even now. I see that again and again in uh, at HVV. So they have what I think may be the largest teaching faculty, instructor teaching faculty that I know of anywhere. I mean, it's over a hundred now. People who use simulation to teach routinely. I mean, it's just part of their repertoire. So you know that also goes to investing in people. It's not the stuff; it's the people, really. Well. Well, that's exactly where I want to go, Robert, because I think it's so interesting. We're talking about hospitality, and you're, you are unpacking hospitality to be high regard and high expectations and, and respect. And I think it's interesting because we don't do that in the United States, typically. Like, when we travel oh, in the United States, oh we God. don't get the gold book. We don't get that, you know, super-duper hospitality that sometimes we get at other countries where it's part of the culture that they really entertain their guests. Yet now you're talking into developing people. And I think that is the value. That is the hospitality that you provide. I mean, we don't do the, you know, red carpet and take care of our, um, at least when they come visit us the way they do. Like you, like you and I were just in Saudi Arabia, uh, (laughs) uh, at King Fahd medical uh, city. And the, you know, the people that, that we interact with there are so kind and generous. And the way oh, they the host us, is, it's amazing, isn't it? And, yeah. the, the, and we're thinking, oh my, oh my gosh, we're such schlubs. Well, but, <laughs> compared but now to you're talking about developing people. And I think I love the fact that you just said high expectations, high regard and respect. And I think it's the interpersonal interactions that you give them that achieve that as well, you know, on our end. Mm. So, so sorry, I interrupted you. I'd love for you to continue on. No, where well, you, were going. you know, it's a matter of taking those things gracefully and with gratitude. You know, you can't fight them, really. They're going to do what they want to do. 
And so it's lovely. There's another piece of the magic that I, that I was just thinking of as you were talking, Robert. Um, so one of the things that struck me when we visited uh, Santander, uh, our, our Spanish colleagues, is there was a very detectable love of education, not just not just among them, but but with all of the people that we met, and so so I gave a, 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 on one of our visits. I was asked to give a grand rounds mm. to the hospital. I remember that, and uh, I gave a talk, and I give a lot of talks, and you know, there you know, I'm a decent speaker, but I just remember that talk as the one that I got the most feedback from that the the they they kind of loved it and mm. said so mm. and uh and and so i just thought that was a magic quality in fact in fact this is very funny that that one of the people in the audience in the question period raised her hand and said that was such a wonderful talk thank you so much you speak english so well <laughs> 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 like she was surprised I that she understood about 10 you. Ten or fifteen yeah, seconds, yeah. and said, "I'll tell my mother." <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. I remember, remember another another piece where uh, some humor really got us collectively out of a pickle. Tell the story. <laughs> so the story, so it, 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 it's a different story. So we ha- we have a, a, a friend who uh, was is from Germany and now lives uh, in Denmark happily. Uh, and it's someone that we, that we, that we really respect very, you know, very much Peter Diekman. Peter and a couple of his colleagues wrote a, we thought an excellent journal article on, uh, realism and fidelity and so forth. And, and when I read the article, I, I, I did, you know, I, fortunately, I, I, you know, I understood it, but it reminded me of the days, my days as an undergraduate in college where, you know, I, w- I was a sociology major and, you know, we had to read all these long-winded uh, German uh, social <laughs> people like Max Weber and uh, um, Hegel and uh, Karl Marx. I mean, these. Oh my gosh! Just so Dan and Jenny and I decided that this was a great article, and what we wanted to do is we wanted we wanted to take his ideas and make them somewhat more accessible. So uh, the journal allowed us an opportunity to write an editorial, in very supportive of what they, you know, what Peter had done. Then we ran a workshop at um, IMSH, and we of course invited Peter to you know to participate in this workshop on realism. And I think that Peter's, well, we have an expression, his nose might have been a little out of joint because we had taken his work and, you know, as we do frequently, we, you know, we try to make theories and concepts accessible to people that we work with that maybe, we try to make them useful. Peter was, I forget exactly what he said, was quite erudite, very well-spoken in English. And then, do you remember what you said, Dan? So we were having a discussion about the terminology, and he had used terminology in his article that was very esoteric and not common language. 
And so in our workshop and actually in our editorial, we had changed some of his words to words that were, you know, more readily uh, understandable to most English readers. And so so Peter got up and kind of gave this little bit upset talk at the end of our workshop about the words that he chose and why he chose them and why they were important and things like that. And I said something like, well, thank you, Peter. I just hate it when someone who whose first language isn't English uses words that I don't understand or something like that. Oh, better no, better than I would or something like yeah. Better yeah. Than it I, was very yeah, complimentary yeah. to him. Yeah, yes. And yes. the the tension just melted. Yeah, yeah. It was very funny. It's so apt. So I as I mentioned uh to the two of you, uh, you know, I mean we are friends of course, but I'm also sort of fans of the show. <laughs> oh, that's nice to hear. Yeah, no, I li- I listen I haven't listened to all of them, but I, I listened to quite a few so of them. I'm glad I, you listen. I, I, I like to listen to the two of you and the banter and, you know, I think Janice it's is like charming. It's like old times. And Dan, Dan has just taught me so much about, I mean, he's, he's just taught me so much. I, Dan's been a real gift to me. So I like listening to the two of you. But here we are, we're supposed to talk about, we thought, I thought we we're going to talk more about affiliation in Spain. But here we are, the three of us, just enjoying one another's company. And, <laughs> you know, it's delightful. Well, I hope our readers are enjoying our well, it's discussion. it's interesting because yeah. uh, now that you're taking us to a meta level, Robert, um, all the things we're mentioning about Spain and your relationship and the magic of that is, I feel like it's coming out right now in this podcast <laughs> between mm. the three of us, which only makes me a little sad because mm. as you both know, as you are both pulling away into retirement, um, I've just been mourning that... Uh, what I see to be the golden age um, for me of having you both around full time. Um, and so this is, it's a, it's a really wonderful time for me. So thanks for podcasting with us. Yeah. I, th- I think it's great for Dan and I too. You know, I was just, I mentioned that to Jenny just yesterday, you know, as I, I, I cut back to about two thirds at, at CMS and, it is really, it's amazing to not be at work every day, long days. And one of the things I said to Jenny, I said, you know, Jenny, it's really, it's just amazing to me. Like, you know, I've just worked my ass off for so long. And now I've got this, you know, some time in front of me and it's, you know, it's really just enjoyable. For me, though, I I want to keep working. So I'm not leaving CMS. I, I don't I don't have an end date in mind. And so as long as I'm enjoying it and working with people that, well, you've heard me say this a million times, you know, what makes a good job? Doing good work, capital G, and doing it with people that I like and respect. And CMS is just that way. So I'm going to be around. However, one of the things that's going to that's going to be happening is that uh, Kate Morris, who's now been uh, with us, well, she's been full-time at CMS for over three years now, but a long, much longer on the on the faculty for our faculty development courses. Um, she's going to step into running the uh, affiliations program that we have with uh, various institutions around the world. So um, I'm looking forward to her doing that and 
me, you know, helping her and helping others at CMS do what they want to do. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you both. Yeah. I'm well, going to put this yeah. in my golden book. Thank you. Yeah. So, well, maybe someday you'll invite me back and we'll continue this discussion. And, you know, it's so enjoyable. And I like having time with you. DJ Simulationistas, what's up? Is brought to you by the Center for Medical Simulation. Find out more about CMS and learn about our simulation instructor training and course offerings at www.harvardmedsim.org. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.